Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a Medallia company, and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer a certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. I'm joined on today's podcast by Megan Caldwell, the head of customer success for Elevate Security. We're going to be talking about how to identify your most important customers and direct your focus toward them. This might sound easy, just focus on the ones that pay you the most. And probably some of you have your fingers hovering over the skip episode button right now, but I promise you there's more to this topic than you think. So stick with us here. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kristen. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Before we dive into today's topic, can you tell us about how you ended up in customer success? Of course. Yeah, I didn't. I think when I graduated from university, I definitely didn't even know what customer success was. And I've had a bit of a varied path. So I started out in consulting. I've done some nonprofit work as well. And then about five years ago, I jumped into the enterprise SaaS world and started out as a CSM at a smaller company. Um, when I took that role, I wasn't really sure what the scope was, but I got immediately enjoyed it, mostly around the problem solving and customer uh, yeah. management aspects, which was really my favorite p- part of consulting as well. So I was excited to discover it was right up my alley. That's awesome. I would also like to learn a little bit more about Elevate Security. What does the company do and, and how is your CS team set up there? Yeah, so Elevate Security has been around for two years. We're headquartered in Berkeley, California. And what we do is we help companies address the human risk and security. So there's a lot of technology solutions to help you become more secure, but we're really focused on how do we empower your employees to protect themselves at work and at home. So we're really helping customers baseline their security risk and drive behavior change using data and behavioral science. Okay. And we're a little bit unique because we're focused on building a company that's as diverse as our users are. So we're really excited to say that we're sort of 38% non-male identifying and 46% people of color. So it's a really great and unique place to work. That's amazing. Tell me a little bit about how your CS team is set up. Yeah. So right now, our customer success team includes professional services, technical support, and customer success managers. Okay. We're small enough still that we're staffed to geographic regions, and we're continuing to build out those specialties that support the customer success managers as we grow. Got it. Um, before we get into details, I have a few questions. Um, first, why do you think it's important to identify your most important customers? How does that drive your customer success program? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I think about this, there's sort of two reasons it's important for you to identify who your most valuable customers may might be. And you're right, it seems obvious. Maybe it's just the most ones that pay you the most money, but that's not really all, always the case. Right. 
I, I think the two things for me are one, it focuses your entire company on making sure you're listening to and learning from what we consider our most impactful customers. And it really helps your customer success managers and that team drive you know, their prioritization so you can make sure your teams are working on the right things and seeing the greatest impact from their efforts. And I've worked at a growth stage companies in, in different customer success roles. And I think it's really important at that stage to continuously learn from your customers. Yeah. You want to make sure your product and your service offerings remain relevant. And sometimes it can be hard at that stage to focus your leadership and your customer team on the most relevant actionable things you're learning from your customers. Um, and so it's really good without this focus, you sometimes start to build the wrong things. So it's really important that you know and agree on who are kind of those most valuable customers so you don't waste any of your time, your company's time and resources across the business. And I find it also helps my team really focus on being proactive around the customers we want them to be instead yeah. of that constant reactive firefighting mode, which I find really just leads to customer success burnout. I'm sure you know it's hard oh, yeah. to hire. <laughs> and so anything we can do to retain our team uh, is good. So I found this has that, that benefit down the line of, of keeping your teams happy because they're really doing the work they want to be doing um, and not so much just responding to emails and things like that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think it's one of the things we talk to about with teams that we are running into that are in firefighter mode. Um, it can be kind of tough to break out of that, but the, you know, the talk we always give them is, hey, look, you know, when you shift to being proactive and being strategic with your customers, you're going to have so much more fun. It's a much more interesting conversation to have. And okay. it's exciting. It, make, it makes your job fun. And I think you're absolutely right. It helps you retain people. Yeah, it's and that's always important. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so as you started to develop your approach to finding your most important customers at Elevate, what kind of research did you do? Yeah, so even though customer success is a newer field, and maybe because of it, people are really enthusiastic to share best practices. Mm -hmm. So I was able to find a lot of great information just online and also meeting with customer success uh, leaders who were open for coffee or quick chat. And what I found to be the most helpful is I tried to identify the companies and the customer success teams that were about 60 to 18 months ahead of our development. So those leaders normally had just been through sort of the growing pains that we were currently going through, and they could tell us with really great clarity and focus on action what they what they recommended for us. So I really dove in with those teams um, and those those leaders, and I use AngelList and our VCs and a few other resources to really identify those folks. And then once I did talk to them and identify them, I actually sent them what we were thinking about our matrix ahead of in advance of those calls. That way they had something specific to respond to. It wasn't as open-ended as, hey, we need some help, but it was, hey, we're thinking about valuing our customers using this criteria. Does this sound right to you given your stage? Um, and I was just really excited by kind of the conversations we had as a result of, of using that piece of like that one material or artifact. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really am grateful for those, those leaders who, who spent the time with us when we were really getting this off the ground about a year and a half ago. That's fantastic. It's great to have that resource of people who are, um, you know, in a similar space and to be able to get them to respond to you is pretty cool. We're all learning from each other still. Totally. As we were prepping for the podcast today, you mentioned that you use a matrix structure to map out your customers. What does that look like? 
Um, I realize we're on the radio, <laughs> so I can't have you show a slide, but could you describe that? And uh, what kind of criteria do you use to determine where a customer falls on that matrix? Yeah, that's great. So we do have a customer value matrix and we use this to align our customer team and our leadership team each quarter to kind of who are those most valuable customers that we have. And I'm going to do my best. You can't see me moving my hands, but I'll describe (laughs) what it looks like. Um, So matrix has two axes. One is the likelihood of renewal and one is the customer value. So Uh I'll talk briefly about the likelihood of renewal because it's a little bit simpler. That one is basically... Um, we have on the above the axis, above the line, we have our, is the account going to renew with larger than 50% chance? And below the line is, do we think there's less than a 50% chance that we renew? Okay. And we used a few different tactics to, to kind of get to that number, but that's sort of the simplest way to describe that. Okay. And then where it really gets juicy and what helps us really get the, the value out of it is that customer value access. So we so we've decided on five value um, indicators, and each customer has a score of zero to five, depending on how many indicators they have. Okay. And we've changed our indicators over time, but they're currently around percentage of annual revenue of that customer, the opportunity for expansion on that customer, is the customer a public partner, are they a strategic logo, and are they a design partner? And I'm happy to kind of walk through each of these in a little bit more detail in terms of how we measure them and then also why we decided to use them. Yeah, that would be great. Great. So the first value indicator does kind of relate to that who's paying us the most money, and we consider that the percentage of annual revenue. So each quarter we look and say, okay, what is the threshold for what percentage of our total revenue are we getting from a certain customer to consider them a large, some, some companies use jumbo or platinum accounts. And we really decide, okay, anyone who has that, whether it be 4% of the annual revenue comes from that one customer, whatever that number is, those all get that percent of annual revenue indicator. Okay. This, the second one is, is somewhat related to that in, that in revenue in that it's the opportunity for expansion. So any customer where we have an opportunity to upsell new licenses, introduce new product, and get what we think is about a 10% increase in value on that customer gets that opportunity for expansion indicator. Okay. And then we move into sort of public partner. So this is our indicator to, is this customer agreed to use, let us use their logo? Are they going to help us with a case study? Will we, they mention us in the media when they go on podcasts, whether they're speaking, et cetera. So these are really our customer champions who have these indicators. They're going out in the market, they're talking about us, and, and we're super grateful for that. Cool. And the fourth one is similar, but a little nuanced, so strategic logo. So I'm in the security space, and a lot of the security sales come from that truly word of mouth. There's secret Slack channels that people are involved in. So this is this is really people who, because of who they are as a security team, they have a phenomenal security program, or they work for a massive company that's responded really well to a breach. Having these type of clients is really valuable to us. So they might not be willing to put their logo on our website, but they are talking to other people about us, and that kind of makes them what we consider a strategic logo. Okay. And that one's kind of bespoke to who we are at Elevate. So for you, there might be something different depending on what your industry is. Yeah. And the last one, and this is one's 
is a new, the newest one that we've added is around being a design partner. So this is saying, are you as a customer, do you have the ability and really the expertise to add value in our product development life cycle? And so is your leadership team engaged in what our product life cycle should be? Do you have a good breadth of experience? And so this is personally my favorite because sometimes we do have really small customers who bring so much value to our product roadmap as a design partner. And this is a way to reflect that and sort of how we value our customers. I love these. I especially love the last three of them because they get outside of revenue. And um, I think value is greater than just revenue for sure. And so um, I, I love that you've picked ones that are very relevant for your business. And I think anyone who's listening could take this and do the exact same thing. Pick pick some factors that are relevant for your business, you know, um, and it's going to vary from company to company as we work with this kind of thing with our clients. We find that almost every company has something that's unique to them that is a part of their matrix. So very cool. Thanks for sharing the details yeah. on this. Um, how have you used your value matrix to drive changes to your customer success program? Yeah, that's a great question. There's kind of two pieces for this. Um, One is around improving our team's prioritization. And then the other is it's really helped us drive the development of having repeatable playbooks. Okay. So I'll talk a little bit about the, the prioritization first. So what this allows us to do is have our CSMs be able to look at something and say, this is a leadership agreed upon prioritization of customers, and therefore I can spend my time in the way that aligns with this. And I know that I'm supported not only by my manager, but also by the company and business as a whole. So it really takes sort of the some of the guesswork out of it for our customer success managers, which they really enjoy. And it also ensures that when they're asking for something, they know that they're going to get what they are need because they're aligning with the value mm-hmm. that that customer drives for the business. So I think that's been really helpful for my team because I know sometimes, especially newer CSMs can struggle with that just constant prioritization and reprioritization on a daily and a weekly and a monthly basis. And this is a good tool for them to be able to sort of facilitate that process easier on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing it's done is really helped uh, me think about when I'm developing, okay, how do we how do we better service our customers? How do we think about scale? How do we think about repeatability? Because we have this matrix, we're able to say, okay, what is the playbook that we apply to a specific quadrant of the matrix? Mm-hmm. So for us, one of the ones that we've been focused on is customers that we see as having really high value. So they have a few of those indicators, but for whatever reason, they're not renewing. And we're able to say, okay, we're seeing some themes in, in customers that land in that quadrant. What are the various playbooks and that we use to get them from that low likelihood of renewal to high likelihood? So I'm, I've been able to create those with my team, and we've been able to repeatedly use them on new customers, or excuse me, new customers that call, fall into that bucket, and that's been yeah. really helpful for the team. That's amazing. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Today, I'd like to talk about one type of consulting engagement we offer at the Success League. Customer success deep dives last between three days and two weeks and are focused on helping companies plan a customer success program tailored to their organization. Common deep dive topics include metrics and goals, hiring and compensation, customer journey mapping, and segmentation. Each deep dive session includes concrete deliverables, like business models and annual plans that you can quickly put to use. 
If you need help with planning for 2019, a deep dive engagement is a great way to kickstart your efforts. Visit the consulting page on our website, thesuccessleague.io, for more information. I also want to mention Strike Deck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple to use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now back to our interview. So Megan, I know you've used the customer value matrix to drive a customer focus across Elevate Security. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I've been, our, we're really fortunate at Elevate Security to have a very customer-centric sort of operating culture, which I know is definitely not always the case. But yeah. one of the ways we've really done this is we've embedded the review of this matrix into our quarterly planning process. So okay. a few weeks before our engineering, our product teams and engineering teams get together to plan the next quarter's development work, we have these meetings to kind of be a good gut check. Hey, are, what we're learning from the customers is that being driven into the roadmap? Are we listening to the feedback we're receiving? And that's been a huge help for us, both with our product and engineering teams. And that's really driven that. Additionally, we use this to give feedback to our sales team. So if we see, for example, that we use a certain sales technique and it drives people always to be in that low renewability quadrant, you know, maybe we can we can make some changes up, up front in the process. And, and my call and my peers in across the different departments have been really helpful in that. And we've made a huge uh, investment in this process. Every quarter we sit down, we have the leadership team run about 10 to 15 minutes through those customers that we consider high value. And I found this really, the conversations this has driven have been really interesting, both for a strategic part of our business, but also to make sure that CSMs are really treating the customers in the way that the entire company is imagining that they should be treated. And and that's been a really great sort of sense of us all getting alignment. And each quarter, I know our teams really look forward to it because it's a way for them to feel close to the customers when their role might not always allow them to. Yeah. So tell me, how does that impact customer messaging? Because if you've got all of your leaders really participating in that quarterly planning, I would imagine that one of the outputs of that is the way you message your customers. Yeah, and that, and that's totally right. It allows us to have very different messaging, both cadence in terms of messaging cadence, but also in terms of content, depending on where you fall in the matrix. So we are able to have much higher touch playbooks for those, um, those customers that are in the high value quadrant. Mm-hmm. And we're able to identify who do we want to pull into those cross-functional initiatives. So who do our product managers want to talk to about new features? Who do we want to show our roadmap before we present that out publicly? Who are folks that are doing really interesting work outside of um, Elevate and security that might be great for our marketing team to highlight? Just gives us opportunities to focus our efforts um, on those specific customers. That's been really helpful. That's great. How do you see this customer value matrix evolving as your organization matures? It sounds like you've been doing a little evolving of it over time anyway. 
Yeah, and we have. So it's interesting. We the indicators that we have now have not always been the indicators that we started with. So okay. we've been running this program for about a, a year and a half now at Elevate. Okay. We started out with um, our product has evolved over the course of that time. And so what we had customers who used to be very valuable to us, but as our product has changed and our messaging has, has changed, they aren't as valuable to us anymore. And so we've kind of made those adjustments in the matrix. I think about when we're going forward as we grow and expand and you know move into the hundreds of customers and eventually thousands, this will really allow us to identify themes quickly across a, a group of customers. So I think we'll move away from you know diving into individual customers and really focusing on the themes of the quadrant. We've started to do that, but I imagine that will increase as, as the business grows. Okay. If you could give one piece of advice to somebody who's considering adopting this kind of approach um, and building their own matrix, um, what would your advice be? Like maybe what what would you tell them to um, avoid and what would you tell them to do? Yeah. So I would say definitely avoid thinking what you do the first time is 100% right. Uh, Know that it's going to evolve. It's going to change. I sort of, we have, I talk to my team a lot about just because it worked in the past doesn't mean it's going to work now. And so having that sort of flexibility and, and willingness to change is definitely part of that. I think the most critical thing for me was making sure my entire leadership team was bought in. You're asking for a lot of time. You are asking for them to be invested and to pay attention and, and engage. And not all companies are used to hearing that requirement from their customer success teams. So for me, I really, I met with each of my peers on the leadership team ahead of time, kind of got them bought in, showed them the metrics, had them give really good feedback so that when I presented it to our entire team and, and made the ask of people's time, that we, I already had some champions, um, particularly um, in my case in the, in the engineering team, which was great. So I think that's sort of what I would, my recommendation would be. And I've been really, really lucky here. We've gotten our team really invested and this is a really big driving force at Elevate. Mm-hmm. It's how our customer, how we think about hearing from our customers. And, you know, we get a ton of feedback, as I'm sure all of your listeners do from your customers every day, which can sometimes feel like a deluge. We still give that to our product managers. They love that sort of nitty gritty feedback, but we're able to protect our leadership's time and really show them those key themes and and help customer success drive the business priorities in a way that we wouldn't if we weren't as um, sort of systematic about how we presented this to our teams. That's great. I love that you um, highlight that you need to get your whole leadership team behind it. I think it's so critical. And um, yeah, I would I would recommend that for any initiative you're doing in customer success, you really do need the full support of, you know, the rest of the leadership team because customer success is sort of central to most organizations and has a lot of interactions with a lot of other teams. And if those other leaders aren't bought into what you're doing, it's going to be hard. So thanks yeah. for highlighting that. Yeah. And I think one of the things we've done specifically is this matrix has allowed us to drive value for all those other teams. Mm -hmm. So we think about it as business partners, you know, how, what are they receiving from interacting with the matrix and interacting with our teams? And so we've, I've been very intentional about, okay, what are the the benefits that sales or whoever it may be gets Mm -hmm. from this interaction? And that's allowed it to remain very sticky here at Elevate because people walk away feeling like, oh, that was valuable. I I learned something about the company and helped me think about what I'm going to be doing in the next six to 12 months, which I think always makes, reflects 
uh, well on the team. Mm -hmm. Last question. This is something we ask all of our guests. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Oh, this is so interesting. I was just talking to um, someone about this a few days ago. For me, uh, the trend I'm really liking and seeing is that founders are bringing in customer success teams earlier in the process. It used to be that you built out your sales team and then maybe you got some account executives and then maybe you thought about customer success afterwards. And I'm increasingly seeing smaller companies in various spaces like security that traditionally haven't had CSMs engage and bring in leaders earlier in the process. And so I, I really believe it, as you mentioned, that does drive better outcomes. But that's something I'm excited to see is that customer success isn't an afterthought of, hey, we should add this to the company, but really baked into the beginning parts of DNA. So I've been excited to see that at a lot of small companies that I've come across um, in the last year or so. Yeah, we're really seeing that trend too. And it's, it is exciting to see. Megan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate your systematic approach toward defining your most important customers. And I loved hearing about the impact this has had on your company. I know our audience really enjoys examples and advice like this. So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing this. Yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to. And if folks are interested, um, I'm happy. You can reach me. You can find me. I'm Megan Caldwell on LinkedIn, or you can just send me an email at megan at elevatesecurity.com. Be happy to be a thought partner as you develop your own value matrix at your company. Thanks, Megan. Yeah. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.